Hey everyone, welcome to episode 75, Healing Your Inner Child. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And have harmony in the home. So last week I mentioned something about inner child and what she's all about or what he's all about and seeing your loved ones with their little inner child and seeing yourself. And it garnered a lot of response from all of you. So I thought I would do an episode about what the inner child is, how to heal the inner child, how to love the inner child, how to see your life from your adult eyes and see your inner child and give her the grace and compassion that you weren't able to give to yourself and look at her and speak to her in ways that she needed when she was younger, but she didn't have the resources or the emotional maturity to do that in that time. So I want you to think about the inner child as the little girl or the little boy that lives inside of you. And a lot of times we take those experiences, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything that happened during your childhood from zero to, let's go up to 25. And we take that and we take it as factual. What happened happened to us and it didn't happen for us. So there is no human on this planet that gets through childhood without pain, without trauma, without stress, without difficulties, no one gets an easy path. And I think sometimes that's what gets us down. Like I hear parents tell me all the time, I wish I had different parents. I wish I had parents like you, Kelly. I wish I had grown up in a different city. I wish my parents didn't get divorced. I wish that I had a brother. I wish that I had a sister. I wish that I was an only child. I wish that I wasn't an only child. So we kind of go back and we want to rewrite history and change the circumstances. And so what I wanna encourage you to do, instead of changing the circumstances, know that you had the exact childhood you were meant to have, even with all the pain and the trauma and the stress. Because if you were to go into someone else's body and have their childhood, they would have pain, stress, and trauma. Also, it would just look differently, but it always happens to all of us. And I think that kind of makes you take a deep breath, like, whew, okay. The brain always wants to go into victim mode of like, no, I had it worse. I had it worse than this person. I had it better than this person. I had it worse. So it's always comparing and contrasting because it wants to sit in that story instead of learning from that story. So when you can see that you had the perfect childhood that you're supposed to have because you had the perfect child you're supposed to have, that helps you accept the as is and not want to go back and change the past, but see how the past is playing out in current time. Remember, we're always trying to heal old wounds in current time. So the inner child lives inside of all of us. Our children right now don't have an inner child. They are experiencing their childhood right now. They are gonna have pain, trauma, and stress. Some things we can control, like protecting them, but some things we cannot control. Like Lily has a lot of trauma and she says three traumatic things happened in her life so far and she's only 12. She said one was we were at a pizza place and she was probably five years old 
And we were at a pizza place and all the TVs were playing. I think it was like a hockey game. And my back was to a TV that I couldn't see. And apparently it had forensic files on it. And she was five years old and she saw a woman who was sleeping and a man came in and did awful things with the GUN and then brought her outside in a sleeping bag and lit her on fire. And when the fires happened was when she started screaming her head off at the pizza place. And I had no idea what she was screaming about. And she kept pointing to the TV and pointing. I was like, oh, so then the server came over. I said, can you turn on something else like the hockey game? Now, that was seven years ago, and she talks about it like it was yesterday. She also says that one day we were going to my sister's house, and at the gate, there was a man being arrested, and she saw him being put in handcuffs, and she was scared of bad guys for many, many, many years. She's finally gotten past the fear of bad guys, but there are experiences that we can't always protect our children from. Sometimes we might be the ones that cause them pain, trauma, and stress. There was, I was listening to a podcast and she was talking about pain and trauma that she had, which sounds silly, but when you're six years old, it's big time. It's like losing your job type of trauma. She was driving on the riding lawnmower with her dad, which she loved to do. And she had her favorite blanket that she would give into at birth. And she was six years old and she slept with it every night while fell off the riding lawnmower and got all chopped up into pieces. And she just could not be consoled. And she remembers that to this day. I don't want you to judge it or think like it wasn't that bad or compare it to other people like I had bigger trauma than you because it's not really going to benefit you. But I want you to honor that inner child and love that inner child. And there's three steps to healing your inner child and being at peace with her and also being friends with her. There's a lot of good that comes from your inner child. Some people describe the inner child as an expression, not just of your child self, but your lived experiences all of this life stages. The inner child is also noted as a source of strength since early experience can play a significant part of your development as an adult. I don't want you to think that the inner child is bad because the inner child is also your greatest strength. She or he knew how to feel joy, knew how to find fun. And I love this quote, you know me in quotes. My phone is jam-packed with quotes and I've listened to probably 50 podcasts about healing your inner child and this one just hit me in the heart. It says, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Mike drop, thank you, George Bernard Shaw. And I love Dr. Nicole LaPera. I'm always quoting her on my Facebook because I signed up for her text messages and she sends texts every day that there's so much power in the punch of what she says that I'm like, how did you just do that in seven words? It's unbelievable. And I love quoting her on my Facebook, which you've probably seen many times. And this one sparked a lot of you sending me messages going, what are you talking about? Tell me more. And this is a text she sent, not that she's sending me, she says millions and millions of followers. But when I get the text, sometimes I almost drop my phone because I'm like, yes. And I fist pump the air like, yes, that's exactly what I've been trying to teach. But she can do it in such a concise way. She says, fear of rejection or abandonment can feel like chemistry or sparks if we grew up in homes where love meant betrayal. A lot of times, if you grew up in a home where there was a lot of toxicity, a lot of yelling, a lot of betrayal, a lot of loneliness, a lot of neglect, maybe there was alcoholism, what happens is the inner child internalizes that as something is wrong with him or her. So then that feeling of self-worthiness is always up for grabs. And this is another one. It says, this is by Dr. Jen Mann. She says, it has been said that we can get an accurate picture of what we didn't get in our childhoods by looking at our chronic complaints about our relationships. Mic drop number two, are you kidding me? Because we're always trying to heal that old pain in current time. So that pain, trauma, stress we felt as a kid where we didn't feel good enough or we felt small or we felt ignored or we felt neglected or we had a parent that wasn't there for us. What happens is if you had a parent that wasn't emotionally available for you, 
either they were home but weren't really home, or they traveled a lot, or there was a divorce, or they weren't at your games and they said they would be, then what happens is you hold on to that as an inner child because you haven't healed from it. So then you grow up with that pain, not acknowledged, not talked to, not represented, thinking it's fact, then you may find yourself drawn to people who are emotionally unavailable because it feels familiar. It feels like a spark. It feels like chemistry because you're trying to heal that old wound in current time. Dr. Laura Gottlieb says, we usually marry the unfinished parts of our story. And I love the way Nicole, Dr. Nicole, breaks it down into three parts of how to heal the inner child. And number one is to acknowledge her. I didn't even know that there was such thing as an inner child. I mean, I knew that there was a little Kelly, but did I really like connect with her and talk to her and think what she was thinking back in the day versus what I'm thinking now about what she was thinking? And it's super fascinating to have that relationship with her because I always talk about the ego and Dr. Nicole says, the ego is the bodyguard for the inner child. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense because the ego is so scared and timid and so afraid of not being good enough. So when it parents or it is in a relationship relationship from that fear-based place, it will always find evidence for it. So then we're using external experiences or external people to confirm or deny how we feel about ourselves. Isn't that fascinating? So we can have a relationship with ourself that goes deeper. Then we grow and we learn to expect that from other people. Instead of growing and expecting the way our parents treated us to be the way that everybody else should treat us, whether it was good or bad, we get to rewrite the script. I love how you all connected with the podcast called Your Parents Lied to You about what they thought about you and what they said about you and how they talked to you and how they spoke to you and how they loved you or didn't love you is the way that they spoke to and talked to themselves about themselves and how they loved or didn't love themselves. And then they projected that onto you as factual. That is why I'm always helping moms clean up the dialogue with the relationship that they have with themselves so they can project that onto their kids. So step one is acknowledging that there is such a thing as an inner child. You might've had trauma, you might've had pain, you might've had unmet needs. This isn't where you come from a place of a victim. This comes from a place of like, that was a lot that I went through. She went through a lot. A lot of times clients like to look at pictures of themselves and have conversations with pictures of the little girl or the little boy when that experience or that trauma happened. And sometimes it's not just one event, like Lily seeing the forensic files or seeing someone get arrested. Oh, the other one was she said that we were watching This Is Us together because my sister and her daughter watch it together and it's such a bonding thing. So I was like, oh, that'd be cute if we could watch it together. It was way over her head, totally inappropriate. And it was the time when the crock pot caught the house on fire. I was like, bro, are you kidding me? This is backfiring big time. So you just don't even know what's going to bother them or hurt them. And then you can acknowledge that there is an inner child living within yourself. Then you can have those conversations with her because you're seeing her now from your grown-up eyes. And then you can compare and contrast how she or he saw themselves and those experiences from childlike eyes. What meaning? What story? And you're not going to like step two. But step two is literally how you're going to heal the inner child and how you're going to connect with her and love all the fun that she brought to your life and can continue to bring to your life. And then also acknowledge what she went through and what you're going through now so you don't repeat the patterns of the past that you don't like because there are some patterns that you're going to like. And Dr. Nicole says to use your triggers as your guide. I know you think that your kids push your buttons. I know you think your spouse pushes your buttons. I promise you on a stack of Bibles, no one can ever push your buttons. 
They push on your ego, which is the bodyguard for your inner child. Mic drop number three, let's go. So when you use your triggers as a guide, then you can rewrite the story because it's not all factual. There is a space between their action and your reaction or that experience and your reaction. And in that space is where you're gonna listen to all the chatter of what the ego is saying. And she used the example of she was super triggered by She would come home and there was dishes in the sink. And she would say about her partner in her head, she doesn't care about me. She doesn't acknowledge me. She doesn't even consider me. And her reaction was in disproportion to what was actually happening because dishes are dishes. But she created so much extra meaning about the dishes. So that's when you know that it's considered a trigger because it's almost like the punishment doesn't fit the crime. The reaction doesn't fit the crime. The reaction doesn't fit the dishes in the sink. Sometimes parents will tell me, I just lost it on my kid because they forgot their library book. I lost my mind and I was yelling and screaming until I saw red and I almost blacked out from it. And I knew it wasn't about the library book. That's when you know it's not about the library book. And that's when you use the trigger as your guide to like, what was really going on there? And consciousness happens in three parts. A lot of times consciousness, when I started, and a lot of you, if you're starting on your journey, it comes after. That's why I was sleeping with so much mommy guilt. Because I would have a huge trigger, I would have a huge response, then I would feel super guilty, and then just wallow in shame and cry myself to sleep feeling so guilty that I just yelled at my three-year-old or I snapped at her because she interrupted me on the phone. And I was like, I don't know, I don't understand that. Why did that cause such a huge trigger and huge response when I have kids in the classroom throwing chairs at me on a really bad day? And I'm super calm. Why is that? That's being conscious after the fact. Then the next stage is being conscious during it. Sometimes you'll have that conversation when it's happening mid-moment. So she was having the dishes experience and she was ready to yell. And she's like, no, I shouldn't yell. She was ready to text. She's like, no, I shouldn't text. It's that ping-ponging feeling that you've ever had. And then what the goal is to get to where you can catch it beforehand. So then it loses its power and your buttons aren't so big. But you, this is going to sound crazy. Just stick with me for a minute. You want to be triggered. You don't want to give in to the triggers and then over time, they lose their power. It doesn't trigger you enough for a reaction, but you still will go into life with your palms up wanting to be triggered so you can find out what's underneath that button because I promise you it's not about the library book. It's not about the dishes. And so she was throwing dishes in the sink and so mad and it was an angry text. And so she's like, wait a minute, what's going on? Where is this familiar? Where is this coming up old pain, healing old pain in current time? She was making this big story because her inner child was triggered. The button was pushed on her ego, which had nothing to do with the dishes. But there was a lot of times as a child, she felt like she wasn't considered. She felt like no one cared. She felt ignored. She felt like everything fell on her shoulders. So that little girl was the one throwing the dishes. That little girl was the one about to nasty texture. That little girl was the one that was going to get huffy when she got home. And this takes a lot of trial and error. And I don't want you to ever think you can go through life not being triggered. I get triggered every single day and I love it. I don't love it in the moment, but afterwards I'm like, oh man, I see where that came from. I'm so glad I was able to handle it. Or sometimes I don't handle it. And it's always ego, inner child stuff. And that's okay. That's part of the human experience. And the more times you're triggered, the less you will be reactive. Because you're like, oh, this is here to teach me. Palms up, not fists up. And in that moment, you can ask yourself or ask your inner child, what do you need right now to feel valued and feel loved? Because it's not something that she can get from her girlfriend or her her wife. It's not something that she could get externally. She had to give it to herself. But she also had to acknowledge where it was coming from, that it had nothing to do with the dishes. The dishes are neutral. So she had to think about her thinking and watch her thinking about it. And Brooke calls it emotional childhood when we sometimes act out or we might have a tantrum or we might start pouting. 
I noticed when I didn't know about any of this, when I was a kid and I would get in trouble or things didn't go my way, I was a big powder. I would like sulk and I'd pout in my room. And then when I grew up and I got in relationships, I found myself pouting again and like pulling away because that's how I handled stress when I was younger. So I thought that was what I was supposed to do. And then I was like, pouting's kind of lonely. This isn't really working. The silent treatment isn't very fun because I'm hiding behind a wall. And then I can't give love to the people that I love the most because I'm hiding behind this wall trying to prove a point but it was all ego and fear and all inner child. So if you had explosive temper when you were younger, you probably do now too, because that's the inner child work. Now there's no reason to pout because when you're in emotional childhood, you're gonna wanna pout. But when you step into emotional adulthood, then you can see your inner child with your adult eyes and have a relationship with her because she never goes away. And you don't want her to because she can bring so much joy and happiness into your life. So step one is acknowledging her. Step two is using your triggers as a guide. And step three is asking her, the inner child, the ego, what do you need from me as an adult to help you heal? Guess what? Now you're acknowledged. Now you're seen. Now you're heard. Now you're valued. And I'm not giving that responsibility to other people. I'm giving that responsibility to us now. We are going to do that because then you'll see when your emotional childhood, everyone will hurt you and you're going to be super sensitive and super touchy. How do I know? Because I used to live in emotional childhood and I was always getting my feelings hurt. I was always super sensitive. I was always super touchy. What do they mean by that? What do they mean by that? Oh my goodness. Am I good enough? Am I valued? Am I worthy? And it was like this loop all the time. But when you step into emotional adulthood, it's almost like the teacher's here. Let's go. And then that assertive energy and you and the inner child are friends. And then you can see the ego trying to be the bodyguard and you're actually very thankful for your ego. And then you can have that relationship with your child and you can give the inner child the grace and compassion that she needed and wanted when she was younger, but maybe she wasn't able to give it to herself. Maybe she didn't have the parents to give it to her. Maybe she didn't have the teachers or the supportive environment. And it wasn't because they didn't want to, it's because they just couldn't do it. It's kind of like I use the analogy, my kids will not learn Spanish unless they learn it at school because I don't know Spanish. So I'm not not teaching them Spanish because I don't want to. I'm not teaching them Spanish because I don't know how to teach them Spanish. So if you were missing some vital things in your childhood that you wish you had, it wasn't because they didn't love you or care about you. It's because they didn't have it within themselves to give to you. That's very freeing. Then you can see them with your grown-up eyes and then you can see the little girl and the little boy that lives inside your parents. That's next level stuff. That's profound work because then you can say, oh, they were just living an emotional childhood and that's how they raised me. And so guess what happens? When you give this gift to yourself, you're able to give that gift to your children. You're able to have that relationship with your inner child and you're in emotional adulthood. And then you can teach your kids, it's okay to be an emotional childhood. I'm going to teach you about emotional literacy because I'm learning right along with you. We're going to take that class together and we're going to learn together. I'm going to make sure you feel valued. Make sure you feel seen. Make sure you feel heard. And if you didn't get it when you were growing up, the best way to heal that is to give it to your children now. Because your child is here to remind you about your inner child. And she or he is here to teach you where you need to grow. If you're open to it, and if you use your triggers as your guide, and you know that no one can ever push your buttons, they're just pushing on your ego. And you can resist and resist and resist, but it will only persist and persist and persist. How do I know? Because I did it for five years, and I was miserable. Now I'm like, push on it, baby. Let's go. Trigger me away. Because then you don't give into it. You're non-reactive. You just learn from it. And then it loses its steam. The button is less powerful. So when you come friends with your inner child, you guys are like working hand in hand, holding hands, going through life. And you're giving her what she needed when she was younger. And then she's able to give you what you need now as an emotional adulthood. I love you guys. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. 
Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.